The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Prescription for Success with your host, Dr. Emil Haldi. Each week, we come through the myths and facts about health and wellness in order to bring you the best advice and the right information that you need to live an incredible life. Now, here is Dr. Emil Haldi. Welcome to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Dr. Emil Haldi. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Dr. Michael Murray, MD. Dr. Murray is one of the world's leading authorities on natural medicine, has published over 30 books featuring natural approaches to health. He is the writer of Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine. Dr. Murray is a featured guest in many prime TV and radio shows. He's endorsed by many influential names in the health world. Dr. Murray is also the chief science officer of Enzymedica. He compiled a massive database of original scientific studies from over 70,000 articles from medical literature proving the power of nature for healing and health. It is from this huge database that Dr. Murray provides the answers on health and healing and his website, drmurray.com. He created the program to reverse diabetes naturally, among many other things. Welcome to the show, Dr. Murray. It's my pleasure. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you here. I'm a big fan, and we have prepared a tremendous show for you. Yes, I'm excited. Uh, it's, a, it's a great service you're providing. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Murray, tell us a little about your personal story and that connected you to food as medicine. And, and I know it's a, it touched you quite a bit. <laughs> you know, uh, so many people in our, in our field uh, have interesting stories of how they were inspired by uh, basically the awe and harmony in nature. And I'm no different. Uh, I had my health uh, tremendously benefited through naturopathic medicine. And that stimulated uh, a deep desire within me to understand how I can be as healthy as I possibly can. Uh, and this began at the age of 20. Uh, so I, I'm now 61, and I think, I think I've uh, fared well uh, through uh, the, the life that I've uh, created for myself with a focus on health and wellness. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, I could tell you I've titled today's show, The Power of Nature and the Future of Medicine. So we have yes. a lot of exciting things to discuss. Uh, you're, when, you're right on track there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. We live in a very technological era, and we have access to, to all types of information and also misinformation for that matter. So, hence the myth about natural approaches, and uh, there's a misconception out there that natural approaches do not have scientific merit, and they do not provide the same efficacy and results as the pharmaceutical counterparts. Can you talk to that? <laughs> well, first of all, let me, let me address the, the concept of technology. Uh, I believe that the greatest technology in the universe is nothing that man has created. I believe the greatest technology is nature, and it's through the food that we eat on a regular basis that uh, we communicate with that technology, and that technology communicates with us. Uh, my latest book is called The Magic of Food, and I, uh, I thought that was an appropriate title because uh, – one of the, the great uh, uh, writers of our, of our uh, uh, time, the author of 
uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey has a, has a great quote. He says, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And I've just told you that nature is the, the greatest technology. And we're just, we're just scratching the surface in our understanding of how nature uh, impacts our health. And uh, I, I really think, uh, not, not to uh, kind of throw stones, but I really think that when medical historians look back at the last hundred years, they're going to look back at it as kind of the dark age of pharmacy. And, and I say that because so many of these drugs just don't make any sense. Uh, they end up either suppressing symptoms and causing a worsening of the disease or creating more problems than good. Uh, and when you start studying how these drugs work, you can see that they're just really fool's gold and they're not getting at the underlying cause. Uh, so uh, I think uh, the, the medicine of the future is definitely going to be focusing on natural approaches. We're learning more and more about the role that food uh, plays in, in our health. Uh, there is now this whole uh, field of interest in, in the microbiome, something that uh, natural practitioners have been talking about for, for decades, the importance yes. of the gut flora. And now we know that uh, we have 10 times as many uh, microbial cells and microbial DNA in our microbiome than we have in the human body. So we're 90% uh, foreign uh, organisms and 10% human. So, um, you know, it's, it's really an exciting time. Uh, it, it's really been an amazing uh, kind of revolution that's been taking place uh, in, in my career. I, I graduated from Bastyr University in uh, 1985 so you know coming on 35 years and it's just it's just amazing what has become mainstream uh you know salad bars uh, uh weren't, weren't that common even back then and uh you know i, I look at the food uh, choices that are available now for health conscious people and it's 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 fantastic and it's it's going to get there's going to be uh, continued uh, changes as more and more people seek healthier foods we're going to see changes at, at the largest uh, level and you know I'm, I'm talking about the vision of you know fast food restaurants incorporating healthier meals and we're starting to see evidence of that it needs to happen a little quicker so we can uh, curb this epidemic of uh, poor health diabetes obesity yeah inflammation in general and all the consequences that, that uh, come from that. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for that answer. And also, thank you for sharing your age. Uh, you, you, <laughs> clearly, this natural medicine approach has worked really, really well for you. Uh, well, thank as, you. As, as far as how you look and, 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 and feel and, and present yourself. Uh, you talk about magic, right? M um, uh, magic, uh, food being our magic. It's amazing being a compounding pharmacist. Sometimes we create a, a very simple customized medications, but our patients get back those and say, look, it's, it's sort of magical. My symptoms are gone. I'm feeling so much better. When there is a right, when there is a right approach to health, magic happens. And yes. uh, I, I agree with you. Our best technology is nature and uh, what nature has created for us. And we have so much more to discover. So you've gathered 70,000 scientific articles supporting yes. the use of natural approaches for human health and healing. Right. So this is a, your life's work. What fueled this dedication to this <laughs> journey? Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, I've been blessed. I, I, I have a great sense of mission and I believe life has purpose and meaning and I was fortunate to, to discover, uh, discover my path and I can see how all the pieces fit together. Um, 
you know, I'm primarily a, a, a writer. And uh, when I was in fourth grade, I had a wonderful teacher, Mrs. Strand. And at, at the front of the class, she had a board with all of our names on. And if you wrote a book report, you got a gold star. Well, I wrote so many book reports that she had to create another uh, poster just with my name on it. And in many respects, that's I'm still doing that today, writing things in the hope that I'll get a gold star. And for me, the gold star is that people read what I have to say and actually take the steps, make the actions that are required to achieve the, the goals that uh, they're trying to achieve. If, if they do that, then then hopefully I'll, I'll get a gold star from them. Yes. Well, very powerful. You know, life exists in language, right? And you're using your language to communicate the magic of nature and the magic of medicine. Yeah. Uh, You know, Neil, you said something earlier about kind of the myth and the misconception. You you know, we hear so many times that there's no science behind these natural approaches. And it's, it's, it's really silly because uh, we now know that uh, diet uh, is, a, is a key factor. We know that how important our attitude is. And we know how important lifestyle. Those are foundational aspects of health. If you want to improve health, that's where you start. You, t- you start with diet, lifestyle, uh, attitude. And then when you need to support people's health, we should be looking to nature first instead of looking at drugs uh, as kind of biochemical band-aids as I said earlier, and that often leads to uh, suppressing the symptoms, but at a cost. And that cost is usually a deterioration of health instead of uh, what we're really looking for. And that is uh, getting it a cure and uh, improved health. Enhancing health. So, yes, we, we agree that there are these myths out there that natural approaches do not work. Can you give us several examples or something comes to mind about a natural approaches that do better than gold standard. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think one of the best examples, uh, it's, it's a good illustration and it kind of uh, sets the stage for understanding the difference between kind of palliative, symptom-oriented medicine and getting at the root cause. If we look at osteoarthritis, which is the most common form of arthritis, the drug approach is to use non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, drugs like aspirin and ibuprofen, and all its uh, variations, Advil, Motrin, that sort of thing, and uh, and Celebrex as well, which is a, a COX-2 inhibitor. Uh, what we know is with these drugs, they reduce inflammation, and they're very good at improving the symptoms to a, to a degree, but uh, they end up causing problems. They can lead to severe uh, GI disturbance and damage. Uh, they can lead to cardiovascular disease in the case of Celebrex. But here's something that people don't realize about these drugs. Uh, These drugs have actually been shown to inhibit the formation of cartilage. So the the reason they work to reduce pain is they block enzymes that produce uh, pain-producing compounds. Uh, They also inhibit the enzymes that build cartilage. So you're taking a drug, it's, it's reducing the symptoms, but you're actually accelerating the destruction of the cartilage damage. That's what leads to osteoarthritis. So that's completely irrational. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why we see uh, osteoarthritis leading to so many uh, hip replacement therapy and, and knee replacements, because the, the cartilage has been just uh, destroyed, not only by the disease, but <clears throat> also by the, uh, 
the, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. On the flip side, there are a number of compounds that have been shown in double-blind placebo-controlled studies to work even better than these drugs. And they don't work by suppressing the symptoms. They work by helping to rebuild the cartilage and thereby getting rid of the symptoms. Uh, glucosamine sulfate is probably the most well-known, but there are other things, natural eggshell membrane, uh, type 2 collagen, curcumin, uh, various uh, enhanced forms of curcumin, uh, proteolytic enzymes. There are a number of natural compounds that have been shown to work very well in double-blind placebo-controlled trials that work not by suppressing the symptoms, but by really getting at the root cause. And that's where you get to good medicine. Good medicine is always about identifying the cause, removing obstacles to health, and uh, promoting uh, the body's own ability to heal itself. Uh, Symptom-oriented medicine, the use of drugs primarily to reduce symptoms, it just leads to, to more problems. And, you know, uh, sometimes it, it's many years before we see the, the, the detrimental effects. A, a good example, I don't know if you saw the, the, the report about uh, all, the, all these drugs that are now being linked to Alzheimer's disease. Uh, yes. Basically, anticholinergics, but and sleeping pills. But it goes beyond that. These proton pump inhibitors, like Nexium and Prilosec, uh, I think these drugs are especially harmful. Uh, these drugs, uh, they're they're used by you know, 15 million Americans. They're, they're a 16 billion dollar industry, and even in mainstream medical journals, they they report that 80 percent of these patients that are using these drugs shouldn't be using them. They're, they're taking them inappropriately. So four out of five people shouldn't even be on these drugs. Uh, and these drugs are dangerous long-term use. They, they're associated with disruption of our microbiome. They block the secretion of hydrochloric acid. So they're gonna disrupt digestion. So we, we get nutrient deficiencies. We get uh, increased risks of infections. We get increased risk for fractures and osteoporosis. And we also get an increased risk for heart disease and strokes and Alzheimer's disease. Uh, they did a study uh, at Stanford University. They looked at through medical records and they found that when people were prescribed these proton pump inhibitors, they increased their risk of having a heart attack or stroke by 250%. That's a huge amount. So the next question is, well, what's going on? How are these drugs causing this side effect? And it turns out that not only by blocking proton pumps, which are very important for, for our cells, uh, they also inhibit the formation of nitric oxide. Nitric oxide, uh, this is a, a compound that's responsible for uh, making our blood vessels elastic and able to dilate. And uh, that also prevents the formation of clots. So if you're not making nitric oxide, your, your blood vessels are more constricted and they're more likely to form uh, a clots. Uh, and so that can lead to blockage and that's what a heart attack or a stroke is. So, um, you know, that's why we see that, that big complication. So proton pump inhibitors, uh, these are drugs that I think will eventually be uh, taken off the market because of class action lawsuits because the, the data is so clear. They're, they're really an underlying factor. You know, <clears throat> Clostridium difficile infections, uh, 
uh, that's uh, gone up 20-fold since the use of these proton pump inhibitor inhibitors. Yeah. You take a pro proton pump inhibitor in, in combination with an antibiotic, your risk of developing this serious uh, form of diarrhea is increased dramatically. So I think there's going to be so many class action lawsuits against these sorts of drugs. Is there a safe, effective, natural alternative? Absolutely. <clears throat> I think the best one is called alginate raft therapy. Uh, this involves uh, ingestion of a uh, fiber from a seaweed. It's a, it's a well-proven uh, uh, therapy for gastroesophageal reflux disease, which is one of the most uh, common causes of people being on a proton pump inhibitor. Uh, this is a condition where uh, the stomach contents reflux or flow upwards and irritate and can erode or ulcerate the esophagus. So uh, what this alginate does, uh, it mixes with uh, the, uh, you take it with calcium carbonate in an appropriate formula and it, uh, the calcium carbonate forms bubbles and this this fiber forms a raft, a literal raft that floats on top of the stomach contents and acts as a barrier to prevent that uh, contents from flowing up. And this therapy works. Uh, in the UK, the number one uh, prescription for uh, gastroesophageal reflux disease is not a proton pump inhibitor, it's alginate-based therapy. In the U.S., it's not a, a, an over-the-counter or prescription drug. It's available as a dietary supplement. Uh, so people can learn about this uh, really well-proven natural approach. They can go to my website, drmurray.com. It's either drmurray or d-o-c-t-o-r-m-u-r-r-a-y, drmurray.com. You'll see a tab that says free resources. And I put <clears throat> several books uh, uh, because... I want people to get the information so that they can really uh, save their lives in many cases. Uh, so I've got information on uh, natural alternatives for lowering cholesterol. And these are all part of a series of what the drug companies won't tell you and your doctor doesn't know. Uh, I, I focus on, on, the free, on these free resources on stress, anxiety, and insomnia because I want to get people off of these sedative hypnotic drugs. Uh, these drugs are really problematic. I also uh, kind of dispel some of the myths about statins and uh, what the drug companies uh, won't tell you and your doctor doesn't know about cholesterol and heart health. And the latest book I put on there is uh, what the drug companies won't tell you and your doctor doesn't know about GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease. And it's a, it's a PDF free download. Uh, there's no upsell. There's nothing I'm trying to, to make money on here. I just want to get that information out there. Uh, yeah, this is very gracious of you. Change your life. Yeah, very gracious of you, Dr. Murray. Thank you. And if you're listening, please make a note of it. Get those resources. It's available to you. No charge, but could be very, very important for your health. So I do believe that most medical doctors are very well-meaning. They went to med school. They've dedicated years of their lives. So what yes. would you recommend someone who is listening to our program and is, has an excellent relationship with their doctor, but interested in natural approaches to medicine, how would they approach it with their current medical system that they're in? Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very difficult, and hopefully uh, that their doctor is uh, open-minded. Uh, I've never had any trouble communicating with, with medical doctors, and, and I'm sure you uh, 
have had pretty much the same experience because yes. we all want the same thing. We want the patient to get results. And a lot of times uh, the doctors are just not aware of these alternatives. And what's really helpful about the way that I write is I support my recommendations with what I found in the medical literature with this alginate based therapy. It's really well researched uh, over 17 double blind studies uh, in these studies, they show uh, an efficacy in, in, in non-erosive uh, GERD, it, that therapy is much more effective than, than PPIs. And that's the most common form of GERD. So, uh, the, but most gastroenterologists are probably completely unaware uh, here in America. But in other parts of the world, uh, they're more enlightened and they're, 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 they're uh, you know, they're aware of these, some of these therapies. And, yes. uh, you know, I wrote a whole book on, you know, uh, what the drug companies won't tell you and your, and, and your doctor doesn't know. And kind of, I went through every major class of drug and it was really, uh, I don't it, it was inspiring in some ways because I know like your show, we're, we're talking about the future of medicine. I know that as medicine evolves, they're going to realize the folly uh, of what they're doing currently. And we're almost there. We're almost there, but there's still a lot of economic and political and uh, infrastructure uh, <laughs> leverage uh, on doctors to prescribe drugs. Uh, and so when, when, when that starts to break down, I think we're going to, we're going to really see a revolution. But I see a major pivot that's happening already. It's going to be happening more and more over the next few years where patients are literally demanding, asking their doctors for more customized approaches. Uh, they're asking for more natural approaches, even as PRP or stem cells uh, consideration. Yeah. Uh, they're talking to their doctors about diet. So the pivot is happening, and, and it's a major one. I think within the next 20, 30 years, the medicine will be completely different. Yeah, and you, you, you've, you've mentioned personalized medicine several times, and that's obviously what the future of medicine is going to be because, uh, you know, even with food, uh, there's an old saying, right? Uh, people may have heard this. Uh, uh, one man's food is another man's poison. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're learning that, uh, you know, the way in which our microbiome and for many people, the way in which they respond to even sometimes what we consider health promoting food, uh, it, it can cause harm. Yes. So let's talk about food. And in and, and a lot of your books, you write about food as medicine. Yes. And uh, so I'd like to hear you, your opinion of what do you consider the best diet? And uh, <laughs> what is the scientific solution? Yeah, well, we're just talking order? about, yeah, we're just talking about personalized medicine, right? Yes. And um, I think there's some basic principles of diet that uh, that everybody should should follow, right? I think we need to get away from processed foods. Uh, we need to get away from uh, overconsumption of refined carbohydrates, uh, and, and even even uh, grains uh, in general. I think need to be cut back. We're not burning the same amount of calories that we were a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago. Uh, so we don't need those those calories coming from grains. I think that if we focus more on uh, richly colored uh, vegetables is our mainstay. If we get the right types of fats in our diet and stay away from the bad fats, most people know what those are, fried fatty foods, 
too much of uh, the omega-6 fatty acids that we get from soy, safflower, uh, sunflower, corn, and soy. Uh, we got to stay away from those and get more of the monounsaturated fats from olive oil, uh, avocado oil, avocados, nuts, seeds, uh, um, you know, cold water fish. We need we need those those good oils and, and more of those good oils and, and less of those bad oils is associated with a significant reduction in inflammation and uh, a better uh, risk reduction of all major disease, especially cardiovascular disease. So you you're a big promoter of plant based diet. Um, I'm a big promoter of eating more 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 plant foods. I'm not. Yes. Uh, I'm not in for some people, uh, I, I think the plant-based diet is the best one for them. How do you know? Uh, I don't think it's based upon blood type. I think it's it's more more there's more factors involved. but I think uh, if you if your uh, genetic history is more from an agrarian society and, and Asia is a great example of that, then, and then you know a predominant, plant-based diet is probably the way uh, to go. Um, and I think people should, could, should, you know, experiment and find out what is the best diet for them. I was a vegan for, well, I was a vegan for probably about six months and a vegetarian for about six years. Um, but I found that that wasn't sustainable uh, for me. And, uh, so I, I don't eat red meat myself. I, I may have, I, in 40 years, I've had, there. sometimes in social situation, it's rude if you don't uh, participate. And I'm not going to, um, you know, we, we have to be, we have to have our, our philosophies and we have to adhere to them. But, it, you know, in, two, in, in uh, 40 years, I think I've had steak maybe two or three times and it was socially appropriate. Um, I'm not, you know, so, uh, but I might have uh, venison once a year, uh, maybe lamb uh, a couple times a year. But my diet's primarily, uh, you could say, pescatarian. I, I, I do eat fish and, and, and seafood. I'll have chicken occasionally. Uh, but it's, it's uh, and I, I like, uh, I use whey protein as my protein source for my smoothies. And I do like uh, I, I do think eggs are a good a good food. So I'll have eggs mixed in with uh, with egg whites because I want that extra protein. But I have kind of an odd diet that I find works for me. Right, uh, it's very rich in in plant foods. One thing that we've learned about the microbiome is that a healthy microbiome is characterized by significant diversity. And one of the great contributors to diversity of the microbes is the diversity in the diet. Dr. So, Murray, can you define microbiome for our listeners? Yeah, microbiome refers to the collection of genetic material in our gut that's not human. So uh, uh, the genetic material from bacteria, yeast, uh, viruses, and, and these sorts of organisms. Uh, our gut flora is what uh, constitutes our, our microbiome. And Researchers are discovering that our overall health is uh, directly linked to the health of this microbiome. Hippocrates said all health begins in the gut. He also said all disease begins in the gut. Now we know that a lot of that's related to the types of microorganisms that we have growing. And one of the great examples of the influence of the microbiome is that was a study that came out in Nature about 20 years ago. 
they took fat rats and skinny rats and they swapped their intestinal flora. The, the fat rats became skinny and the, and the skinny rats became fat. And so the idea was, well, geez, if this can happen in animals, uh, you know, it, it can happen in humans as well. And it was really one of the, the big stimuli for uh, looking at the, at the microbiome and the influence of uh, diet, lifestyle, and drugs, and probiotics, and prebiotics, and all these compounds on, on gut health, because we know that gut health does impact our overall health. Yeah, uh, very powerful. What are your thoughts on dairy and legumes? I like berries. I have, uh, you know, berries. Um, in my magic of food, I identified seven foods that I think are superfoods, and um, you know, berries in in in, uh, in high uh, flavonoid content foods, which include legumes, I think are are, are superfoods. I know legumes are are getting uh, kind of a bad rap right now. Uh, there there are people saying, "Oh, stay away from legumes." I think that's a mistake. I think legumes are a great food for most people, uh, especially for people that have high cholesterol levels, uh, diabetes, or struggling with, with their weight. Uh, the fiber is very beneficial, and a high legume diet has been shown to be a good therapy for helping people control their blood sugar levels. So uh, the, the concern that's been raised about legumes is they contain these compounds known as lectins, mm -hmm. but lectins are deactivated by heat and so cooking legumes uh, you know it will get rid of those, uh, those especially lectins. high pressure cooking that will will help us get rid of those lectins yeah. uh dr murray i hope you are having as much fun as i am talking about these interesting things in, in medicine and, and food and our healthcare structure we'll have a, even a better discussion after we come back uh after a short break very good <laughs> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Haldi Pharmaceutical Compounding is one of the nation's top compounding pharmacies. We work with medical professionals as well as consumers, both human and veterinary. If you're a patient or a doctor and need to consult us, please call us for a free consultation. Additionally, you may purchase carefully selected quality brand supplements and vitamins at discounted prices at hcompound.com. To schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Haldi or one of our associates, please email us at wellness at hcompound.com or call us at 646-650-5040. You can also check us out at hcompound.com. Are you living a healthy and fit lifestyle? It's not just related to your physical well-being. It also means a healthier mind, confidence, improved health, stamina, and fitness. Talking with Tremaine brings it all to you. Host Tremaine Ellis, along with her husband and co-host David Ellis, will offer support, advice, guidance, and motivation to keep you in your best shape, both physically and mentally. Talking with Tremaine can be heard live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You're listening to Prescription for Success. If you'd like to reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to wellness at hcompound.com. Now back to Prescription for Success. Welcome back to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Dr. Emil Haldi. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Dr. Mer Michael Murray. 
a naturopathic physician, massive healthcare influencer, and the author of more than 30 books featuring natural approaches to health. To learn more about Dr. Murray and his work, please visit drmurray.com. So we're having a lot of fun, Dr. Murray, talking about health, diet, um, yeah. talk about our healthcare system, some alternative ways to manage your health. Uh, we Before the break, we talked about a diet and the best diet. And you mentioned that the best diet out there is the one that fits you as an individual. Yes. Uh, there, there are, there's a big movement out there for paleo diet or carnivore diet. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, I think anytime we, we, we focus on uh, kind of an extreme diet, we, we, uh, we run the risk of uh, missing out on some key uh, factors that can improve our health. And uh, I know the keto diet is very, uh, very popular right now. And I think it can, it can be used on a short-term basis, but I don't think of it as a long-term solution. And the research shows that. Why do you say that it's not a long-term solution? What's that? Why do you say that it's not a long-term solution? I know a lot of people who well, are yeah, sort of addicted to the diet. What, what the research shows is that it doesn't increase uh, life expectancy. It's not associated. It's not, it would not be considered a, a primary health-promoting diet. Um, it, it just, it just, it's just not. That, you know, that's we, amazing. We need uh, – we're not, we're not designed. Our physiology is not designed to be in a ketogenic state. It's just not. That's not, uh, not, it's not, it's not natural. You know, I mean, you're going to be in a ketogenic state during uh, famines and, and during starvation. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's no diet that's really so restrictive of carbohydrates that you're in a ketogenic state. What are your thoughts on a paleo diet where, where you promote a lot of uh, protein? Yeah, I think, you know, the definition of what is a paleo diet is a bit of a moving target. And, um, it's, it's, uh, there's, it's debatable, you know, do we really know what the paleolithic humans were eating? And I think, I think it's, it's, I think it's, um, probably a fallacy that their, their diet was overly focused on meat. Uh, I think it was, you know, they were hunter gatherers and, uh, I think it was, I think it was much more balanced than, than what's being promoted. I do think it's it's useful to get away from refined carbohydrates. And there's many principles of the paleo that I support 100%. And I'm a pragmatist. I want people to get results. And we, we have a problem and people are are suffering with their, with their weight and with their health. And so if they can get uh, some improvement with a paleo or a keto uh, diet or even a carnivore diet, uh, I think that's great, but I would not adhere to those sorts of diets on a long-term basis. I think that we're designed to utilize these plant foods. Our, if you look at our anatomy and, and our gastrointestinal tract, we're designed to be primarily uh, a plant-based eater and an opportunistic carnivore. Uh, so, um, you know that, so that's kind of you know my my thoughts on on that. We need to eat more good vegetables. Uh, you know, and when I say, what do I mean? How how many servings? Well, we know that we have to get at least five servings of vegetables a day. A serving is defined as one half cup cooked or one cup uncooked, and I like to recommend about fifty fifty. So we need five servings a day just to to, to provide the minimal benefit from from uh, 
from our diet. Because what the research shows quite convincingly is if people hit that five a day, the USDA didn't pick that number out of a hat. It was based upon epi epidemiological studies showing that when people hit that amount, they could reduce their risk for all these chronic degenerative diseases. So uh, we, we need at least five servings of vegetables, two servings of fruit uh, each day. That's, I think it's critical. Now we should be consuming you know, low glycemic choices, those that aren't going to raise our blood sugar. We need to mix it up. We want to eat a variety of different fruits and vegetables. We want to make sure that they're nutrient dense uh, and uh, very colorful because these plant pigments, flavonoids, polyphenols, and, and uh, carotenes, they're all very important in protecting our cells from damage. Very useful in promoting health. So, so I, I so think you know, that, that should be our, our basis of our diet. Yeah, so what I'm hearing from you that we are plant-based beings and opportunistic carnivores. I, I love the definition. So what do you do? You, you're a regular person out there. You, let's say you're mid-age uh, and you have, you, you're a little overweight. You maybe have a little bit of type 2 diabetes when I say a little bit controlled by diet yeah. on, on, on a good day. Um, you're low energy because you, the doctor is telling you you're getting older. Um, what diet should one pursue? Uh, and you also talked about short-term basis and long-term basis. Help that individual out there. Perhaps it's one of our listeners, middle-aged man or woman uh, in, in, with certain conditions. What do you do? What are your next steps diet-wise? Yeah, a, a couple of things. Um, uh, you know, sometimes it's those little steps that we take that have the biggest impact. And uh, giving up something that... Uh, I think, I think giving up something of value to you uh, is, is a huge statement. So maybe it's ice cream. Maybe you're a person that just loves ice cream. Well, there's a lot of calories in ice cream. You know, what if you gave up ice cream? Well, you, you know, it's tough for the first 21 days, maybe the first month. But after that, you know, yeah, you might, you, you might still think about having a bowl, but it's not that hard to stay away. And uh, just something as simple as that. Uh, some people are all or nothing as well, though. You know, they can't just take little steps. They have to do drastic things. And so, so if they uh, do all or nothing, which way do they go? Do they go keto? they go uh, paleo, plant-based? What's the easiest in your opinion? <laughs> well, um, I think if you, if, you need, if you need to lose weight, and, you know, for some people uh, – uh, I've got a buddy. He's been struggling for six years. And it's the same thing. He's, you know, we have many discussions about, you know, what he should do. And, and then uh, it wasn't anything I said to him. It was, was that I said something to him six years ago. I said, Chris, you're, you're, you're an all or nothing type of guy. The only way you're going to achieve your, your, your weight loss goals is for a month, eat no more than 600 calories a day. Hmm. And uh, he said, I can do that. But he never did. Uh, he tried different programs, you know, he was doing CrossFit, uh, working out like a fiend, and he, he, he actually gained weight. So finally, he reached an all-time high, and uh, he decided, he, he saw a video, and he says, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this fast. I said, okay, you know, I said, uh, you know, go for it. And so he's, yeah, he's lost, he's lost about 20 pounds in, in two weeks. That's tremendous. You know, so, yeah, fasting. So he's the, that's the only way because of his personality. I knew him well, and he's going to, he's, he, he's going to, he's going to lose the 25 to 30 pounds that he needs to, to lose. He, he's doing it in an extreme way. 
but I knew that that's what it was going to take for him to do it. And he finally reached a pain threshold uh, and a motivation that he that he actually uh, uh, you know took took that advice to heart. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, right now I'm, I'm chief science officer of Enzymedica. We're a digestive health company. Before that, I, I worked with a company called Natural Factors, and uh, we developed a, a special dietary fiber matrix called PGX. And I think PGX is really a, kind of a holy grail for helping people with weight loss. Uh, what it is, it's a, it's a, a soluble fiber that when you ingest it, it forms this large viscous mass it fills up your stomach so you feel full. Mm. And, uh, you know, I've had great results. You mentioned my diabetes reversal solution. Uh, we've had this program going for, uh, uh, I think, about four years now. We've, I've helped thousands of people, many people who were, you know, quite large, very morbidly obese, uh, achieve their ideal body weight, and PGX is a big part of our program. There's other natural compounds that can help too. Berberine. Do you, have you talked about berberine? In, in, a very your, powerful compound. Can you speak to it? Yeah, berberine is a yellow alkaloid that's found in golden seal, uh, Oregon grape, barberry. Uh, if this was a drug, it'd be the biggest selling drug in the history of pharmacy. Why would I say that? Because there are double-blind studies that show that it lowers cholesterol levels uh, as effective as a statin, plus it also lowers triglyceride levels. It also lowers blood sugar levels as well as metformin. Mm -hmm. And lastly, it lowers blood pressure as well as an ACE inhibitor or any other class of uh, antihypertensive. So it's, it's a natural compound that can, and it can help people lose weight. It helps people lose weight. It helps lower cholesterol, triglycerides, blood pressure, and blood sugar. Yes, I actually recommended this product to my uh, to my parents and to my in-laws. It's a really amazing uh, natural product. It, it is, and it, it's safe. Uh, one of the interesting things about this, uh, I don't know if you if you if you caught this on my uh, in one of my newsletters, um, I wrote a newsletter. It has all these wonderful effects. Uh, and it looks like the majority of the effects are through the microbiome because it's poorly absorbed. We know that clinically it produces these results, but very little of it is getting absorbed. So it's, it's more likely that the effects are through uh, normalization of the microbiome. And these herbs, uh, golden seal, Oregon grape, barberry, they were primarily used as uh, anti-infective agents in parasitic infections and gastrointestinal infections. It has a really interesting effect on our microbiome. It, it has a, a focus on uh, selectively inhibiting the growth or killing neg bad bacteria, pathogens, while at the same time, it, it, uh, thereby, by killing off what we don't want, it allows what we do want to flourish. So bifidobacteria, lactobacillus, a couple other bacteria, uh, one of them is Acromensia mucinophilia. What we know about this bacteria is that uh, it's associated with improving insulin sensitivity. You improve insulin's action, you, you help improve blood sugar control, appetite control, and metabolism so people lose weight. People that are obese tend to have lower levels of Acromensia mucinophilia than people that are thin. Uh, this acromancia mucinophilia, it's given that name mucinophilia. Mucin means the lining, that mucin lining of our intestines. 
Philia means love. It loves mucin and it forms that mucin in conjunction with our uh, intestinal cells that line the intestines. And so it's really a key goal in, in people that have leaky gut. You have to improve that that activity of that acromensia mucinophilia. The other bacteria- That's powerful. That it's very powerful. You talked about love uh, and you mentioned also gratitude, I think, or your, 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 your attitude in the beginning of the show. Yeah. What are your thoughts on how that impacts your health and overall well-being? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm primarily a, a medical researcher. I read information and just as I did in fourth grade when writing book reports, I try to uh, digest that information and uh, then put it in my own words and hopefully in a way that people can, can understand. So I come across all these really interesting uh, articles and I came across an article uh, well, many years ago and it was trying to create a hierarchy of health. And it looked at all the different factors that are associated with longevity and health and happiness. And when they sifted through all the data, the factor that had the greatest significance in determining a person's ability to live long, healthy, and happy was their ability to express gratitude. And as soon as I read that, I went, yeah, of course, because think about somebody that you know that's healthy, happy, long-lived, it's a polite way of saying old, and that you would want to be like when you got to be their age. I guarantee you they possess grace and a freedom in expressing gratitude and appreciation. There's something about expressing gratitude that does something to our heart and our spirit and our cells throughout our body that promotes health. That's absolutely phenomenal. There, there is actually a study out there that links the waves of the heart to our EEG waves during the expression of gratitude. And the study shows that the waves sort of get aligned heartbeat becomes similar to the EEG as much as possible. So, so the expression of gratitude is a phenomenal concept. Anxiety, paranoia, uh, in, in, in a basic way, um, nervousness cannot exist in our body when you are feeling grateful. So the message to our audience here is that it's available to all of us. It's free. It's, yeah. it's out there. Be grateful for your family. Be grateful for your kids, for your loved one, for your partner, for uh for your coworkers, for your team. There's so much that we have to be grateful for. Yes, we all have problems. Yes, as a pro those problems are a sign of life, but we have so much more to be grateful for. And let's choose together to choose the right stuff to be grateful for. And the problems will get solved. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a tremendously powerful concept for health. I don't think that one can be healthy without the right attitude. We could give you the best supplements the best food, but if your mind is not wired for success and for well-being and for healing, it stops. What are your thoughts on that? A absolutely. And uh, uh, I was just on a, I just got interviewed for a summit uh, called Love is Medicine. And that was pretty much the whole focus of the, uh, the summit in, in, in my, my, uh, my interview. Um, you know, I gave that quote from Hippocrates about all health begins in the gut. Uh, Cicero uh, had a quote. He said, uh, uh, gratitude is not only the greatest virtue, it's the mother of all others. And when you think of any, pretty much any major religion in the world, uh, gratitude is a big part of it and learning how to say grace. And, and I was really blessed. My grandmother uh, taught me something uh, that 
I think is something that 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 we all should be reminded of because I think most of us had an influence that probably told us to do this. But um, I find that myself, I'm very influenced by the last thoughts I have before I I, I go to sleep. And uh, when I was a kid, my my grandmother would make me uh, share with her all the things I was grateful for. And, uh, you know, you, you can develop habits in kids yes. and those habits can, can last a lifetime. And sometimes we, we can forget those basic uh, tenets of uh, having a happy life. And then we, something might happen to us. And then we realize, you know, I had a really wise grandmother that gave me the keys. And yes. uh, that was one of the keys that she gave me. And so as I said, I'm very impressioned by the last thoughts before I go to sleep. So I try to make those last thoughts about things I'm most grateful for. Yeah. We live, we are what our rituals are in many ways, what our habits are, right? And that yeah. applies to food, to our health. And if our habits are to go to the gym every day, no matter what, we go to the gym every day to work out. If our habit is to eat healthy foods, whatever that is for you, uh, we eat healthy foods. If our habit is to have a ritual of positive thoughts before we go to sleep and waking up being positive and joyful, that's a tremendously positive habit to have. So uh, I, I think that I want to communicate this message to our listeners that it's time for all of us to develop some more additional healthy habits. I think uh, if you have those habits, it's very powerful. But if uh, and, and there's always a way for improvement. I have a ton of those habits, but I think yeah. uh, there's a way to to add to it. And I, I love the example you give, thinking of positive thoughts before you go to sleep, because that I'm sure helps you wake up in a more joyful, restful state. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, questions are really powerful in, in our subconscious mind, and sometimes we don't pay attention to the conversation we're having with our subconscious mind. Uh, you know, uh, if you ask your subconscious mind the question, how could I be so stupid? Uh, you know, your subconscious mind is going to have a field day throwing uh, past examples and uh, memories that, that are going to reinforce that. Uh, but, you know, it's a different question when you pose to the subconscious mind. What do I need to learn from this experience to grow and to uh, ex be able to uh, receive and express more love or some variance of that. It's a different question, and the answer is going to be much better. So, you know, being a guardian of your thought is really important. We, we, we were focused so much on many people, many health nets are so focused on what they're putting in their body. They're not focused on what they're putting in their mind through what they're saying, not only what they're thinking, but what they're saying to themselves and to others. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's going to be interesting because all of this fits there. I always get asked the question, well, Dr. Murray, what's the most important thing? If I had to do one thing, what could it be? And, uh, I say, well, it's simple. All you can do is all you can do. So why not do all you can do? <laughs> it's, not, it's not one thing. You know, if you look at your car, my God, you know, look at all the things that can go wrong with your car that will not allow you to drive that car. Maybe you don't have the key. Maybe it's out of gas. Maybe it has a flat tire. Maybe the battery's dead. You know, it yes. goes on and on and on. It could be many different things. So for that uh, car, if any of those things are not there, it's not going to function properly. Your, your body and your health is the same way. You've got to do everything. You've got to pay attention to everything. Yes. And people, people don't like hearing that. But here's what motivates me. 
I've been with people who had had, you know, the poorest of prognoses. Their health is in peril. They're dying or they're dealing with something that is really tough to beat. And those people will do everything they possibly can. And the best example of this was a, a gentleman that I had. He had a very severe genetic defect. Uh, he was the oldest living person in history with this defect because he had just a tremendous will. He went through three kidney transplants and, uh, you know, just the pain and, and suffering. And, uh, but there was a life force within him and he did not want to die. And I asked him once, um, you know, what motivated him? And he said, and that's where I got that because I asked him that question and he said, all I can do is all I can do. So why wouldn't I do all that I can do? Wow, and so powerful. That, you know, that inspired me and uh, I hope it inspires your listeners. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's very touching and inspiring. Um, Dr. Murray, as, as you know, I'm a compounding pharmacist and I create a lot of customized medications. And we sure. talked uh, before the show uh, about one particular product or uh, formulation that I, I absolutely love because it helps a lot of our patients and in many ways uh, magically helps. Uh, to, to, together with our doctors, we create this customized low-dose naltrexone. There's data out there that even enhances the effects of acupuncture can you speak about it and uh, the use of naltrexone uh, and your understanding of it and also uh, use of customized medicine for compounding? Well, yeah, let me, let, me, let, me, let me first uh, uh, just, just state that what you're doing is, is being a true pharmacist, not just someone who fills bottles with pills. You're, you're, you're working with patients and the doctors to find the best medicine. It's not a cookie cutter uh, approach. Everyone is an individual. So, you know, customized medicine is the future. Uh, so you're, it's, there's an art to medicine. There's an art to being a pharmacist. If you're not a compounding ar a pharmacist, you're, you're not, uh, you're not employing your art. Um, as far as a uh, low dose naltrexone, I, I think if, you know, it, here's my take on it and, um, you, you might have a different take on it, but this is a, uh, this is a way to amplify, uh, our uh, endorphin system. It basically, uh, it, 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 that's, that's its mechanism of action. It's, a, it's a, an agonist, uh, a, a support to this wonderful system that we have in our body that is designed to help us feel good, uh, be happy, uh, sleep well, and have no pain. Yes. Those are, those are, the, those are the indications, right? Yes, ab absolutely, and and uh, why I love uh, low dose naltrexone, and it, because it mimics our natural body's responses, it uh, in enhances endorphins, as you mentioned, and helps in conditions that um, sometimes are they don't have much to hope for, such as MS or RA, rheumatoid arthritis. It, it helps with pain and uh, boosts your immune response. So this is a very powerful uh, pharmaceutical product that mimics our body. Yeah, yeah, very, very well said, and it is, uh, it is a, a good mimic of, of our uh, natural endorphins. Yeah, so um, it's a tremendous discussion, Dr. Mary, that uh, we're having. I absolutely love it. We talked about diet, we talked about healthcare system, and natural products that are very powerful and can help a lot of people out there. Um, 
I'm a big believer in uh, this concept, be the CEO of your health, work with an amazing practitioner, but it's your life, you guide it, and you lead it. Ladies and gentlemen, our show is coming to an end. I uh, hope you had as much fun as we did talking about tr uh, tremendously powerful information. To learn more about Dr. Mary, please visit drmary.com. To learn more about Healthy Pharmaceutical, to sign up for a consultation, give us a call at 646-650-5040 or email us at wellness at hcompound.com. Thank you so much for joining everyone. Be healthy and happy until next time. All the best. Thank you for tuning in to Prescription for Success. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Emil Haldi, next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of the program. Have a great and healthy week.